Hello, Mark Banks, back from Jacks. Dr. Molly, Mr. Dave Scatina on the board. SP Futures down 7, NASDAQ Futures down 11, Dow Futures down 7. After a wild week, as we have, we keep saying that every week, David, after another wild week, uh, we actually finished up on the week, best week of the year. Um, we were up like pretty much five days in a row in, in uh, a couple of the averages, but, but crazy stuff. And even Friday night, I don't know if you were watching, David, we, we were up like 55 in the spoos. It had to be quarter to three, and thank God for the bell because we closed up fifteen or ten or something. Yeah, I saw that. Interesting. Talking about uh, um, shrinking into the exit, shall we say? Well, uh, then it wasn't right after the number. The spoos were down pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and they rallied back late afternoon. Yeah, the number is. Uh, I'm going to get those uh, numbers up here in a second. I don't want to necessarily go. Th- we went through it, you know. Obviously, I got like only Carl can on Friday. Yeah, he did a nice job of breaking that down. But uh, you know, I, 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 I sort of I will I will say this: uh, I don't, I don't. Uh, well, you can you can tell me. I'll 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 push the 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 story out there. It'll take me a minute to find it, of course. But um, how do you how do you all of a sudden when these numbers you know people essentially live and die by them every month at least financially, right? And then all of a sudden. You end up with, uh, you know, and Carl, we've been in enough Fridays. Well, actually, you don't do that many Fridays, but still, every Friday for for like a year, dude has been saying, where, where is everybody? How, how are we losing people? He goes, I've never seen anything like this in the 30 years I've been watching this crap. And, uh, and, he, and all of a sudden, at an adjustment, everybody's back. How, what, what, is that, what does that lead you to believe about the friggin' numbers, for God's sake? I mean, <clears throat> I don't. I, I don't. I, I found it interesting the breakdown that uh, he said it broke such a trend that he's been watching for so long. Well, there's well, one of the things that uh, I forget what the constant was. I'll get these numbers up here in a second. But you pretty much can count on is it is it uh, hundred thousand people a month or something that, that essentially come into the into the population, right? And uh, all of a sudden that that's that's not happening, which is you know somewhat weird. Um, so, I mean, if you look at, uh, well, you go back just in a month, so here, here's the problem. This, this thing now doesn't give you, uh, well, here, 2012, there's, uh, I mean, a couple hundred thousand people. Well, it's, it's 2012, there's 243 million people that, that start the year above the age of 16, non institutionalized. Well, I'll give you the exact title of the column. Civilian non-institutional population. All right, so where was it? I thought 2012. Right. 243,284,000. Okay, uh, 2013, 245,679,000. 2014, 247,947,000. 215,250,000,000. So you get my drift. We're talking 2.2 million people a year basically entering that group. All of a sudden now you enter this year, and it's going like nowhere. 268, 269, 261, 261.1. It's maybe a hundred thousand a month. Some maybe, uh, and he was looking at some uh, you know, other thing that were they were actually like slipping down and some unadjusted. So he's like, where the hell is everybody? I mean, uh, I mean, we have, we've had quite a few in the last years, well, 2021, quite a few, uh, let's say, more than expected deaths. Uh, not sure why that is, but we had, and. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, 
Now, in January, and, and this, this was every single month, he's saying, I've never seen anything like this. All of a sudden, here we are in, uh, in January, now this, which is somewhat of an adjustment month, we had a million one people. Where the hell were they all year? I mean, how good are these numbers? Where do they get them from? Yeah, I honestly, that that's why I was kind of paying close attention to how he broke that down, and it seemed awfully uh, interesting how that that number popped in. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, so I wasn't was not watching. I'm not. I'm not totally uh, you know, boycotting these Olympics like a few on the show, but all of a sudden I turned the thing in. Um, was it Friday night? And it is women's figure skating, and I'm you know I've I was in love with Pe- Peggy Fleming as a youth. What can I say? Uh, <laughs> you're, um, you're showing your age. Yeah, um, <laughs> and uh, who's the lady that came after her? Was just as hot. She's gorgeous. So tell us her name. Anyway, so um, they got this young girl out there now. Of course, they're not younger, but and she's all of a sudden I, the guy goes, well, here, "Here comes like a triple axel." And I go, "Triple axel, women? When did that start?" <laughs> and, uh, and she's she is absolutely perfect. She's like fifty. I'm, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm sitting there. Who is this? <laughs> this is like, you know, it's this fifteen-year-old girl from Russia, and the announcer's going, "Yeah, she never screws up. She's like perfect all the time." And I'm going, "Where did she come from?" I mean, it's unbelievable. And she's fifteen. Well, they start them very young. That's yeah, for sure. But I mean, when was I know I'm showing my age, but when did women start doing a triple axel? Can't be. Can't be ten years. Maybe. No, I don't think it was. I don't. I don't follow the Olympics like I used to. Not that I'm boycotting it to a certain degree. I am, but um, I believe the last Olympics they were doing them. The women were. Yes. I don't think all of them were. Maybe one or two. Well, I remember we talked about earlier too. The just one of the things that I brought up to you was that how uh, I believe it was the. The skating where the uh, Americans and the Russians got DQ'd and China got their first medal, which happened to be a gold. And you said it was what? It was a short track. Well, I don't know. Well, the short track, they're, they're kicking, they're getting kicked out all the time and always bitching that they, it's the other guy's skate that, uh, well, that's one of, but, yeah. but you look at it that, if you look at it that way and then you, you know, you got somebody, you got people reading it who are not really following it saying, oh, there, there goes China. China DQing the two teams that are ahead of them so they can get the gold medal. Not, not that I'm saying that that didn't happen because I didn't. You just did. It. Well, it, it, no, no, it actually <laughs> happened, right? Yeah. But that would be something that people would would turn them off to watching it, who were kind of on defense of watching, you know, boycotting China. Well, you you watch, and on one hand, the the whole fiasco over there. Why? Why? Well, I can tell you why they gave it to China. The only one that applied. Uh, <laughs> right. But I mean, the, the whole idea of doing that is is. Is so lame. Uh, you know, they don't have any. There's, there's one area where they have the a lot of the, uh, what, you know, a lot of the uh, cross country skiing and stuff. Right. They they had, they had to make all the snow. I mean, there's no there's no snow there. It's cold enough. Uh, but then they uh, they have so much dust over there because they've totally wrecked their environment. Right. Correct. So the dust is make it was making the snow uh, like brownish. So they were so happy they actually did get like two inches of snow just to make the snow look like snow. <laughs> so it looked better for TV. I'm like, see, that's swell. Um, but you know when I used to watch the Olympics was for the hockey, and now none of the, um, not none of the NHL players are playing in. So I don't. Well, they didn't used to. Obviously, Lake Placid, they didn't. 
but they they have been in yeah. the past, and and I I honestly I don't even because I kind of follow hockey. I'm I'm still a Hawks fan. I'm still one of those guys, and uh, I don't even know who's on the team. Well, I don't either. I have no idea. Plus, how many how many guys in the NHL actually play for the U.S. Right, <laughs> you know you're 100 percent correct. I mean, I did watch some of the I did watch some of the um, the hockey this weekend, where they have uh, they have all the divisions. It's three on three. They play two games and they play for a championship from the two teams. And everything was in Vegas, so Vegas had to be out of control this weekend. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, but but it, it's it's actually not bad hockey. We had uh, Alex DeBrinket from the Hawks playing for the Central. Well, he's a great player. He's an excellent player. And I, I'm not sure what the Hawks are going to do. You know, we still have Taze and Kane who have been around a long time. And do they keep them? Um, or are they just going to tear this whole thing apart? Well, it's already pretty much. I mean, what the young people are bringing up. They're not that good. I mean, they're okay, but they're not. Well, they but that's up. the that's developmental stages. That's that's the Hawks' problem. I mean, they always they always had a good goalie. They've always had good goalies in the wing, and you got Flurry now. And trade, I, I believe the trade deadline's coming up. Yeah, I think it is too. You know, no different than the NBA. I mean, the Bulls are still looking okay. I don't know if you watched them. Oh yeah, yeah, but they. I don't think they. I don't think they're they're big enough to go too far in the in the playoffs. I don't think they're deep. Well, I don't think they're deep enough. I mean, they played the 76ers last night or yesterday afternoon who are pretty good. I happen to bet them, so that kind of bummed me out. Um, well, they've been a great bet, trust me. Well, I mean, my son my son follows them pretty regularly and he'll tell me that one to lay off them and one to Well, what the hit them. I don't I don't the uh they get so many people hurt. I don't know what the story is where all these people get hurt all the time. Yeah, again, I, I, I'm kind of, I, I, I kind of got away from the NBA and I, I, I'm following a, a little bit of it. Um, there's a kid that grew up in our neighborhood. His name's Max Struess. My son played with him at, um, Stag High School. He went on to Lewis College. Then he went to DePaul. Got picked up by the Bulls G League. Went on to Boston. Now he's, now he's a regular at, um, Miami Heat. Good Put, for him. Putting up big numbers. And it's nice to see a kid from the neighborhood. You know, he grew late. He grew in college. You think he's six seven now, but he can shoot the three like no one else. Well, the, uh, this kid from Illinois is playing well for the Bulls. Yeah. So he, it's, seems like so a decent it's, enough kid, too. Yeah, it's nice to see, it's nice to see the hometown kids. I was talking to someone, there's, uh, I think a kid from Hinsdale, was it Hinsdale Central starting for the Rams, the starting center? Oh yeah, you were telling me. Yeah, so it's just nice to see the the hometown kids. What, uh, see, you know, you dudes, uh, this could have been us, by the way. There was this, way back in the day, I mean, uh, first of all, these people that do like this luge where you go down feet first, I don't, I don't know if I'd be ready to do that, but. <laughs> they hey, the, hey, you still got a shot at the title, Tom. Yeah, well, you know, they got this lady, well, they had this lady, uh, she's in East, East Germany, right, so she's, I think she was drinking in a bar one night, and she looks. She's watching the Winter Olympics. And she goes, "You know, I want to get. I'd love to win a gold medal in the Winter Olympics." And then, to be politically correct, she looked at the figure skaters and she goes, "Well, that's not me." <laughs> 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 and uh, 
and then you know some of the other different sports and she says you know I can do this luge stuff she decides I don't know if she quit her job or what she did she found a luge place wherever the hell she had to go this has to be you know 20 years ago the lady ended up being like the number one luge person in the world and she won I don't know how many gold medals so we could have done that. This no, Tom, year. you could have been a curler. Tom. That's what I'm saying. We could have been a curling team. <laughs> we could have, had a, could have now. I, they believe they do have curling uh, leagues up north, right? Yeah, you got to way up to Northbrook or someplace, right? But uh, we could have done that had we had we really put our our hearts together. We could have done that. But well, we're you know we're not. This lady is more dedicated than us. What can I tell you? <laughs> we'll put a broom in our hands and we can you know clean the ice. Yeah, do something <laughs> for the rock. <laughs> but, but you know, you watch the difference. Uh, the, the the figure skaters are obviously very elegant looking, and they're all it looks like a high. They look like thoroughbreds, you know. And then you look at the the girls that do the uh, the shredding, and they're like all five one, five two. When they hit, they bounce. <laughs> they all look the same. They look they look like they're all having a great time. What do you think of the 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 the, uh, the knuckle drag? Well, the, the uh, that's what that's what we call the the, the, the snowboarders, the shredders. The, the, do you see the uh, the course, the course has all kinds of different stuff, different jumps. You can take like whatever one you want. And at the top, you can either go down the rail, or you can hop up on this little building called the the shred shed. You can slide along the roof of the building if you want. And hop wow, you're there. pretty hip. I didn't realize you were really that. I'm sitting. What is? It? How come one person just took the rail and the next person took? Yeah, that's that's the the shred shed. The shred <laughs> shed. God. But you know what? Those girls are unbelievable. You know, and. It, and if they hit, they bounce, and bounce right back up. That's okay, I got two more runs, we'll do better the next time. <laughs> it, what a great attitude. I mean, they're all kind of buddies. I'm sure they all hang in here at either, you know, well, Lake Pla- uh, what's the place, Park City or uh, up in Wyoming, and they got the families all watching and stuff. You know, you can't, you can't not like the athletes. The, the whole, the whole episode over there, right? You know, that I can't. Is any, are any newspaper people over there or news, newsmen? Again, you, again, I I really haven't followed it since it started. I think even the people doing the uh, uh, hosting are here. They didn't go there. No, yeah, I'm not sure. Is Tarico and those guys? I think they're all here. Is Tarico here? I think he I, I is. Th- I thought. Oh, okay. But is he still? I don't know. Maybe is he still? Is he still the main? Yeah, um, yeah. He, well, he was yesterday when I watched. Oh, okay. Hey, what do you think of? Uh, no, I watched the PGA yesterday. That that was uh, was it good? It was outstanding. The amateurs are back, right? This year, the amateurs. Yeah, they had uh, they, they had quite the leaderboard. Um, they had probably seven guys, eight guys within one stroke on on Sunday. And now, if you're if you're one of the top what what top teams were the, were the amateurs get to play on Sunday? It's it's like the top ten or something. Yeah. I used to love what Bill Murray used to do that. Oh, uh, Bill Murray, they they showed him quite a bit. He he's they still had they had Ray Romano on there. That they, they showed, but uh, they didn't. Uh, Bill's not still playing, is he? Yeah, he was playing. Absolutely, really? was really. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's weathered quite a bit for his age. Well, he didn't exactly take care of himself. <laughs> no, he yeah. ran with a rough crowd. So, what do you think of uh, yesterday? I'm driving along, thinking, well, you know. I'll watch a little sports. I'll try and relax on a Sunday. And I hear this this law that kind of changing subjects on you a little bit. No, that's okay. That if you have over a hundred people, you have to send your all your payroll records into the state for people at the state. Now, who who are these people? We're going to go hire a bunch of twenty five year olds. They're going to go through all your payroll records to to ensure that you're paying uh, 
blacks, women, and everybody else the same amount of money for like the same job and stuff. I, they're they're going to opine on that. What is this a new law that was in effect yeah, this year? Yeah, or just started? I don't know when. The, according to the news radio, I need to do a more research on it before. I, I, I'm appalled. I'm absolutely appalled that. I mean, I can see where if somebody feels that they've been totally screwed by some company, that they should be able to sue and stuff. But the idea that we're going to hire a whole bunch of nerds to to go over his payroll and then come back and tell you you're doing it all wrong. Maybe they can get Dan on the job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what what are we doing? I mean, how does anybody how does anybody know the background of anybody? Well, it, it amazes me that that these and especially. I have some friends who have who've gotten money from the government. You're a small business, and you can take out. A, you can still take these loans out. And there's st- and and you know they're making. I had a, I had a for instance I had a uh, some an acquaintance I know. He goes, I borrowed two hundred thousand dollars to start another business, and he's got to pay it back. Uh, I think he's paying three and a half percent on it, on that money that he started a new business with, and he probably's not going to have to pay it back. Well, why is that? Uh, just crazy laws we have right now. Well, the, the PPP didn't have to pay it's, back. It's, it's the PPE he got All right. at last year. Well, but I, but you, I know he still has to pay it back at some point. Well, there was a carve-out. I, I did not read the part about... Uh, the, there was a carve-out for people who were just starting a business. And I don't know. I, don't know, I didn't read that part. I didn't go into that. I, I read no, this the, was an actual you know business owner that took out a $200,000 loan. All right. Well, that 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 well, yeah, that that everybody did. Everyone did. Everybody tapped into that money. It's amazing. There's, I mean, I mean, I, I've heard you talk about it many a time. It's amazing. There's any money at all. And well, you know, I think I, I can I can dig the numbers out here, but I think it was twenty eight billion dollars in the state of Illinois. Twenty eight billion. Yeah. <laughs> and, how, and what's well, it was what's, like? It was like uh, half a million loans, or half a million, or, or five hundred fifty thousand companies. Well, and and how is and and what is our debt? <laughs> oh no, this all came from the federal government. Uh, yeah, I understand, but we're still we're one of the. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Illinois right so now. See, now you're, you're you're running into my. Uh, I know my, uh, my 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 story about you know just like the guy when I was on the board of the CBOE, people only worried about the stuff that like was sort of on, like kind of on their level when I, when I say that. Neither one of us are on the level where we know where a trillion dollars is. And I get that part. But the funny, people were so concerned about everybody getting these checks that they didn't deserve them, or companies that, in, in a lot of people's opinion, didn't observe them, deserve it. Yet all that money from the individuals and the companies like that we know, PPP stuff, was only like 25% of all the money that was spread around. So the other 75%, I have no idea who the hell got what, what airline, what people got like billions <laughs> um, that you know makes all this other stuff pale. You know, we're worried about the person down the block getting the dough because because we know him and we know he's a sleaze bag, right? <laughs> right. I mean, basically, I mean, it's, you know, well, not all of them are. I mean, people no. are just take advantage of the system, and some people know how to work the system better than others. Well, that that part is true, but but also the the goal of the system, and this is this is the. Uh, how many years you known me? Like fifty? Yeah, <laughs> long time. Um, I know yeah, you back you, in our softball days. Uh, yeah, or basketball. And, and Riley's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I mean, uh, the idea that I would ever say something like this, when the goal of the government 
is was helicopter money. Correct. They just want to get it out there. All right. So everybody, if you had an, if you had a, an ounce of brains and you had one eyeball working, you just looked around and go, wait a minute. There's a lot of inequities in this, right? I mean, we could we could we could talk about that for for 15 shows, the inequities in it. But and because uh, uh, our, our girl uh, Eliani on Thursday said when she got her check, she didn't need it, so she gave it to charity. Now, first of all, you want to applaud her for doing that, but I mean, we absolutely applaud her for doing that. But the thing of it is, is these they're. The, the game doesn't end there. They're going to send you a check for five, whatever it was, five grand, two grand. If you're a company, it's 50 grand. If you look at the, the numbers, you now owe a bloatload more than you did before. So if, if, if the government's dumb enough to put a hundred dollar bill in everybody's mailbox every night, you can, you can argue all you want Dave, about what a bad policy it is and how they should stop it. But the last thing you want to do is tear down your mailbox. Right. Because it, it, normally I'd say I don't want money I don't deserve. But this, this is a whole, this is a whole different deal. Right? It, it shouldn't be, but it is. It's a whole different deal. They're saying that, I mean, I mean, look what happened in, in this country. This is why, I mean, you know, some, some goofball like me that actually gives a crap. How many years, and you weren't doing the show then, but you know, you've known me. How many years did I rail against these people with the, uh, and, and you know, a couple of my buddies from Notre Dame, there were big tax guys that designed some of this stuff. The double Dutch sandwich and the, uh, what was it, the Irish something something. Um, where, where these guys that paid two and three percent tax overseas instead of the regular tax rate here. Okay, now, you know, I thought that was abhorrent. Yet at the end of the day, every time somebody went to buy a drug company, the drug company that wasn't paying any taxes outbid you for the place. So, I mean, if, if you if, if you can't ever get to the point, whether it's sports or if you don't cheat, you can't win. You know, where only the cheaters win. You can't ever get to that point, and we've got to that point here. It's one of the themes of the show, actually. We get to the, we've got to the point where if you're not cheating, you're not winning. And that's a sad statement. It's a sad statement. I mean, you can't tell me that the the first people overseas, the Pfizer's that were, I don't know where they all start out, but. That those people weren't much more successful in the in the merger and acquisition game and buying other people's assets and other people's drugs. If you were paying three percent taxes, and everybody else was paying twenty five or thirty over a period of years, it's not even close, right? No, not at all. It, you know, and it gets pretty sad. So, so right now, the the people who essentially maxed out their PPP loans. I mean, you and I, I, I don't want to name them. I can rattle off probably ten restaurants. By far, had their best years in 2020 or in 2021 because they did they did a lot of carry out. They were able. They were in an area where maybe the mayors didn't enforce the laws as much as some other places. I won't call them laws. Edicts from on high from Grand Poobah governor and mayor. <laughs> the Grand Poobah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so those people, and then all of a sudden, somebody wrote that law, the Employee Retention Act, or even the PPP. Where if, if you were a restaurant, you have, you have such amazing. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about the place that was shut down. Nobody cared about him. He, never, he didn't get any money, did he? No. I mean, nobody nobody gives a crap about that. So, but these other places, if, if the way it was, it was par- partial shutdown. Okay, you got a restaurant. You go from thirty tables to twenty five. 
but then you put like a you know a, an edifice in the parking lot where you got another hundred tables, but you closed your bar down for two weeks. You're partially shut down, so you get all this money. Yet your business is twice what it was the year before. Well, that's cool, right? Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, the guy who doesn't have a parking lot can't open up. Actually, he's on a street with no parking, and, and you got a mayor that's, that's looking every night to see if anybody walks in the front door. That guy's he's dead and gone. He didn't get a dime, did he? No, not one dime. Yeah. All right, let's go to break, and then we'll bring in our next guest. Yeah, class. Mr. Dan Flynn. SP Futures up two. NASDAQ Futures up 18. Be right back. Stocks and Jack. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Survive. Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox. The control freaks guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold. The idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I didn't invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding health care reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy hey, Tom, can be focused on generating who business do you have after and increasing Flanagan? your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more Is information, for call us at 630-401-8810. So John's on for how long? search us on the web at Cognos Oh, John's from 630 HR, Innovation right. and Human Resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now. Get ready. Go ahead. 
Hello and welcome back to Action Jacks. I'm always Mr. Dave Scatina on the board. SP futures up three and a quarter, and as futures up twenty two seventy five. Dollar futures down three. Not much going on there. What do we have down on the dollar that's causing this consternation? Uh, United Healthcare down a buck seventeen. Um, Visa down ninety cents. Nothing, nothing major really anywhere. Should have some action this week with some of the earnings that are coming out. We have the the uh, CPI coming out later in the week as well. I believe Thursday. We, I will check that. Over at DAX up sixty three point four percent. FTSE up thirty five point five percent. CAC around up ten. Point one percent over in Asia. We've got the Nikkei down one ninety one. Uh, it's point seven percent. Shanghai um, finally back open, up sixty eight points. That's two percent. They were closed all last week for the Chinese New Year. Not so sure. You're not a year to Tiger, are you, David? No, I am not. Uh, I wouldn't imagine. No, no. I'm not so sure if you're a Tiger is good or not. But Hang Seng up six. Uh, call that one flat. Uh, Friday, just as a way of review, since it's already into Monday. Dow was down 21 points. S&P was up 23, but it was up like 55 until quarter to three and sunk into the close. NASDAQ, however, was up 219. That's 1.6% bonds. Uh, 10-year, 1.93. The bond, positive 0.24. What an amazing dash after being negative for, like, years. Uh, Japan, positive 0.20. So the interest rates are definitely on the rise worldwide. Oil down 75 cents, but 91.52. Brent down 27 cents, 93 bucks. Natural gas down 13, 443. Our bob on change at 268. I paid 346. As gas getting a lot of control here. A gold up 660 at 1814. Silver up 42 cents, 2298. Copper down two cents, 446. And we have Bitcoin up 966. Back over 40,000, 42,627. David, what do you got for us? Traffic weather sports. Good morning, 635 in Chicago. Currently our weather is 24 and cloudy. We're going to hit a high of 26. We'll see a little bit of sunshine later this afternoon. For our Phoenix listeners, it's 52 and clear. It's going to be a beautiful 73 and sunny day. Traffic normal buildups on our roadways this morning. I do have one accident. So uh, I, I would like to talk about 94, the Bishop Ford West, right before 115th Street. There was a rollover with an, eject, with an ejection. So the two right lanes are blocked. So expect traffic to be just miserable right there. In sports. What about the person? They, they He's on his way. It, it says uh, threatening injuries. It's probably a mess there right now, I would yeah. imagine, coming in. In sports, uh, the Pro Bowl yesterday, the touch football, football game I like to talk about. AFC wins 41, NFC 35. NBA, the Bulls lose the 76ers. 119 to 108, and the Suns take on the Bulls tonight in Chicago at 7 o'clock, PGA Tour. Tom Hodge wins at Pebble Beach for his first PGA Tour, beating Jordan Spieth. Back to you, Chief. Hey, we got another uh, merger in the airline business, Frontier and Spirit to merge. Let's get it down to like two or three, and then we, and then, and then make believe it's competitive. Right. And then watch them lower their rates, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah then watch them lower the lower the ticket prices. <laughs> Not. <laughs> you can you can you can write books. You 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 can you can write the book before it's written, for God's sake. <laughs> but here's one by Jan. I don't know if you if this bothers you here. Bumble. What is Bumble? Bumble buys French dating app Fruits. F R U I T Z. Fruits, and I won't make any 
anything coming on that. Can't be fruits. It must be Freud's. Uh, God, I hope it's not fruits. Uh, that would be politically incorrect. Anyway, the, in its first ever acquisition, so we have Pat Bumble on the back for it's their first ever acquisition or what? Just saying. <laughs> I think it is fruits, Tom. It's just but the Z, it's frit. You know, the, the French word is the same. It looks the same anyway, but pronounced differently. And it's, it sounds vaguely sinister to me. <laughs> well, let's just say, in a, a non-politically correct theory, you couldn't name name a thing fruits. <laughs> just saying. Uh, anyway. At least a dating app, anyway. Yeah, not a dating app, no. Uh, God. You know, all you have to do, if you just want to be entertained now, why, why do you read non-fiction? You just got to read the news. Or actually, I yeah. horror fiction, though. Yeah, so speaking of horror fiction, uh, the um, I was I sent you a article here, and there's an op-ed here on uh, CNBC uh, about our, our two our two best buddies now, Z and Putin, tout a redistribution of power in the world, and they aren't shy about their ambitions. Meanwhile, we we are. Uh, in Illinois, we have, we have people trying to pull this stuff worldwide. We have all kinds of stuff going on, and I'm stunned today that evidently what some judge said that the mask mandate for kids in schools is, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want, but the mask mandate is, is wrong, right? So then all of a sudden, several school districts have closed their schools to deal with the mask mandate. This, this guy's, to like it figured all out. I, are we serious here, Jan? What is wrong with us? You would think, with all the you know effort to find professionals as administrators and advisors in school districts, and uh, you would come up with some kind of policy that at least put the highest priority on keeping schools open, no matter what. And certainly, if there's a health emergency, you respond to it. But when there is no emergency, as there never has been with, with children in this whole nutty period we've lived through. Then you just you make every effort to keep it as everyday normal as as you can make it, and now we've kind of obviously put a value on screwing things up as much as possible. And as I always say, that the kids come last in all. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, kids come last. And who cares about them? You know, it's just, but it's, it's shocking to me that this has become the a normal, and you've got intelligent people who are getting big salaries to think about this stuff, and they come up with the worst possible solutions well you would think but uh, I, I did not do you have any idea that these guys David that uh, Z, how do you pronounce it <clears throat> Xi Jinping is that how you pronounce it Xi Jinping yeah uh, right, well it's not exactly what I said you sounded better uh, Vladimir Putin that, that one I can get uh, their 38th personal meeting I had no yeah. idea they had met that many times they just hours before the opening of the Winter Olympics and they publicly released the entirety of their, their audacious 5,300-word joint statement in English this weekend, declaring that a trend has emerged toward redistribution of power in the world, namely towards them and away from the U.S. and its allies, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's uh, one, who wrote this article? Um, let's see. Frederick Kempe. Um, I don't think we've I've read anything of his before. There's a lot in the statement worth reading and digesting, but here's my rough executive summary. So my first question is, is he really an executive? What, uh, do you need to be an executive in an executive summary, John? Uh, not necessarily, I don't think. 
Oh, all right, I'm just just asking. <laughs> so, so if we wrote it, it would be what the schmo summary? What would it? Uh, <laughs> now David wrote it would be an executive summary. He was an executive at one time. Uh, Russia and China are throwing in their lot in a <clears throat> gesture of cooperation that exceeds even Stalin's partnership with Mao in each other's regions and around the world. For the first time, Beijing has joined Moscow in opposing NATO enlargement and embracing Putin's vision for a new European security order. Uh, Russia returned in favor by opposing the new Australia-US-UK security agreement, endorsing its one-China policy, embracing the Russia-India-China. Why did India get involved? Are they they tight with China and Russia? I didn't even know that. Are they? Well, they're, they're... They consider themselves non-aligned, Tom, but, but I think that's a misnomer. I don't think they're any friends of the West, I mean, of the U.K. or, or the U.S., and, and they give lip service to it, but I don't think it's a strong alliance at all. Yeah, I mean, what is, I, I, don't, I really don't know the current relationship with India and the U.K. I mean, do they, obviously they're not <clears throat> controlled by them anymore, they haven't been for a long time. No, that, I think that they, they're still <laughs> bad feeling. <laughs> Oh, so they're never still quite pissed forgiven, oh, they're still know, pissed the off. UK for the colonial period. So. But what is this? I mean, the, the and what does that mean in terms of uh, um, just in terms of money? Without it, I mean, does that mean our over the next twenty years, if if these two goofballs still stay in charge, uh, that you know we're talking about uh, defense budgets going up thirty percent, twenty percent, ten percent, none? I mean. Do we just let them do what they want to do? Not let them do. I mean, what is the what is the protocol? Uh, it will puts the the defense business in this country in somewhat of an awkward spot, I think, because the you know traditional Russia bashing you know machinery you know, is, is always well oiled and you know functioning at top volume, and politicians make a meal out of it, and they have been you know for the last twenty five years. The China position is very different, and you know, I'm wending my way through that Peter Schweitzer book, Red Handed, that just came out about you know the American involvement with Chinese businesses and the people in Congress in Silicon Valley just trading away you know intellectual property and you know power and money to the Chinese in the false hope that the Chinese are really going to be like us in the long run, and the more we do business with them and give them what they want, the more they'll resemble us, which was a pipe dream if ever there was one. So I think that the, the, the you know, our defense position with China has has been extremely confused and opaque because they don't want to challenge them too much. They don't want to force the issue on Taiwan. We didn't do it on Hong Kong. And now we've got in a situation where the you know our, our big villain, Russia, is pairing up with somebody who's been kind of positive or, or shown to us as somebody who's our friend and somebody who's just like us. And now what do we do? Now we're humiliated, really, in, on two fronts. And I think they smell, you know, blood in the water, and they know they can take advantage of this, and we're not in the position to counter it or come up with a credible response to it. So, you know, I, I think it's just it's a smart move politically for them, but it shows just how corrupt and and you know, stupid our foreign policy has been for the last eight years or so with respect to both China and Russia. Well, I mean, we've done uh, everything possible to, to mislead um, the rest of the world about it, and ourselves worst of all. Um, 
if you can't, um, this is one thing, and I mean, David may agree or may not, but one thing you kind of learn from the, the trading floor and from trading stuff is if you, if you can't bring things down to the minutia, that your position in in 50 stocks is, is really no different than your individual positions in all the stocks essentially sort of added together. You, you have to go down to the minutia to figure out whether you're on foot or horseback, basically. So when you talk about, you know, the, the Chinese business situation, it's very difficult to uh, separate that out from the the policy. I use the term policy or political chain differences. I mean, there there just are political differences, and I don't think they're certainly in the short term. The the it's almost was a classical economist. Milton Friedman was clearly of this uh, grouping. And as much as I, I really, I think most of the teachings from the man are, abs- are absolute, the one spot where he really missed the boat was if you can somehow foster economic freedom, political freedom will somehow follow. One will force the other. And clearly that has not been the case. And then virtually, maybe it is in a few spots, but I, in general, it hasn't necessarily been the case, right? Certainly in China and Russia. Well, and it's weakened us tremendously. And with, with offshoring, you know, our manufacturing, um, the, the, the theft of, you know, U.S. technology, things that the, the U.S. made and invented and now, you know, can't call it their own anymore. And you, you've got willing participation with, with a lot of the politicians who have clung to the, the myth that this is, you know, how you are smart with the Chinese. That really, you know, they have a great desire for a capitalist, you know, society that's free and open. And, you know, it shows basically how, how idiotic they must be if they ever believe that. But then you look at, at, you know, Nancy Pelosi telling, you know, U.S. athletes not to publicly criticize China while, you know, they're participating in the Olympics. And you have to think, who is she working for? She isn't working for U.S. values. She really isn't. I don't think she's working for the U.S. Olympic team or any kind of American message. It's about placating, you know, this tyrannical government. And, well, of course, she benefits from this. And, I mean, the Schweitzer book makes it pretty clear that she and her husband both, you know, have been singing the Chinese praises despite occasional, you know, brick baths that they throw at each other. But it's all about making them feel good. And look, look what we've reaped because of this. Well, now, okay. now we, we've got very little we can call our own anymore, and and we're we're beholden to them for every bit of lousy merchandise or electronics and everything else. Like who who won in this you know round? It certainly wasn't. The well, they they've managed to destroy their whole environment to get there. I'm not so sure they've won. Well, that, but they'll be in a in a position to dictate. <laughs> You know how their problems get solved, and well, we won't have any any bargaining power at that table. All right, but I'm, I'm trying to 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 skewer you down here. Yeah, you <laughs> and you're, you're dodging like a good a good attorney that you are. Uh, <laughs> now let, let's look at let's let's take two two companies. All right, take two. Uh, one is the uh, let's say the printing company, the, the printing company, the the guys that make printers. All right, so they. They go over to China, and China says, well, here's the deal. We'd love to buy your printers, but oh, by the way, 
We'd also like to license your printers because we got a friggin' billion people here, and we're not just going to import every printer. We want to make some here. That we like your technology, and we're going to pay you a licensing. I'm assuming that they're straight on this, but maybe they're not. Uh, and we're going to we love your technology, but we'd like to license your stuff. We want to make some here. We're going to pay you, you know, whatever five bucks a printer that we make here, if you can believe them, which I I wouldn't. Um, but but you know, by the way, we need the drawings of how you make these printers. And we need a drawing of the printer. Um, okay. And by the way, we're going to license whatever patents you happen to have. So, uh, the guys from, uh, you know, Flanning and Scatina printers go, hey, that's not a bad deal. <laughs> we're we're going to sell a, a billion printers and, uh, well, a hundred million printers and we don't even have to manufacture them. I don't have to go out and hire people. I don't have to look at people. You know, by the way, we're going to get, you know, ten bucks a printer times a hundred million, that's that's a real number. Maybe you and I can retire on that. And uh and all of a sudden we uh <clears throat> that's what we do. And they say, Okay, you know, who gives who gives a bleep I guess about a printer, right? I don't know, maybe we do, maybe we don't. Now ratchet it up to seven eighty seven. Uh, you know, Boeing plane now, no matter what you say <clears throat> about Boeing not getting government help, if you say that I have to believe you got a big, a big dunce cap on your head, because Boeing has done nothing but give, give government help for for ages regarding the the, the uh, military stuff. And you can't tell me a, you know, an altimeter gauge that was developed by the military side of Boeing doesn't count for the you know the passenger side, right? So how much they get versus visa the Airbus? You know, I'm not smart enough to say, but let's just say that Boeing um, has been a, uh, a favorite child for the government for what 80 years, 100 years. And uh so all of a sudden now they want to sell seven eighty sevens. And China says, Well, you know, if we want us to buy seven eighty sevens instead of the Airbus, uh we we'd like to do some of the manufacturing here and give our people a job. All right. Well, you know, we, we want to do the tail or the wing or whatever the hell. I think it's the tail. Um but you know, really for us to really in, in incorporate this tail into the rest of the plane we need the drawings of the rest of the plane. Now, I don't think that the Chinese have the wherewithal to do all the rest of the the carbon stuff that makes the, on a 787, but I'll use the term yet. So now, all of a sudden, you say to Boeing, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a little more important than a printer. And, oh, by the way, a lot of the technology that you guys used on the tail, we gave you because we used it, I'm talking out of my butt here, you know, on the, on the S-71 Blackword that Blackheed made or somebody else made, I don't know who made this stuff, that somehow or other this technology really started with us and somebody else and we gave it to you. Somehow along the line, it got to you and it's really not yours to give away. You know, um, not, at least not all yours. And they go, well, what do you mean? We got like the pad down. Yeah, but we sort of gave, you know, all of a sudden now this gets really, really murky. And Boeing goes, now look, we need to sell, if you, if you want us to come up with this plane and compete with Airbus, and oh, by the way, Boeing's like the biggest, ex- I think they're the biggest exporter in the country. If you want us to re- maintain that situation with the balance of payments and all these jobs and all this money and all the taxes we, we give you knuckleheads, you're going to have to let us do this. But it, it, it's a it's a fight all day long every day, Jen. And it, it's not obvious where the line is. And it's also not obvious for president to come out, if we had one that was Solomon, which we haven't had for a long time, to come out and say, alright, here's a hundred items that if any of you bleeps give to anybody else but here, 
you're going to you're going to be having Thanksgiving in jail. I mean, we're we're serious about this. No, nobody here has this has the fortitude right now for that, do they? Not only that, but we've got you know the honchos in Washington who have benefited from giving this stuff away. Right. And as you can be sure as soon as the Chinese figure out how to build the rest of the thing that we've given them the drawings for, they're going to kick you out. They don't need you anymore. Right, sure. And that's, that's exactly what's happened. But, I mean, where exactly, if it is a company, do you interject? I mean, the, the, the simple way, I would say, I mean, it wouldn't be simple, but mentally simple would say, for somebody somewhere uh, to say these, and I don't even know, I mean, you're asking me, Mr. Dinosaur, the, 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 the 500 items, you know, probably on the, uh, certainly on the technology side and maybe, you know, maybe it's landing gear. I mean, I have no idea which, which is so sacred on planes and stuff. To say these thousand items, if we catch you selling these or giving these to the Chinese or the Russians, almost like in a state of war, um, by the way, you're going to jail, like for a long time. We don't, we're not, we don't have anywhere near the, the stomach for that. Do we? It's all. It's worse. We've we've encouraged people to make as much money as possible by selling the U.S. out. I mean, we we've really promoted it, Tom. I mean, How can we fight a war now? People think. I mean, you, you think that if there actually was a war, God, I hope not. If that 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 these these multinational companies would actually listen to any one of the of the of the whoever country they happen to be in. You have you have to take these guys out and hang them from a from a from the L tracks. Hey, here's the example. You, you want to listen now, or don't you? Not, not that I would ever want to do that. But do you think that these people would listen to? You think the, the head of Pfizer would ever turn around and listen to Joe Biden? Not in my lifetime. No, or Trump. I mean, or any of these guys, or any other politician, or any other politician. Anybody you think in, any, to, in any other country? Yeah, you know, you're listening to the buffoon in France. Or Canada? I mean, give me a break. They they think they are incredibly more powerful than those guys, and maybe they're right. I do have to get my uh, I have to go over to Kevin's old place, Better World Books, and I got to get my copy of uh, the Sovereign State of ITT and and read for everybody one morning the page where uh, what's his name Harold Janine went through how the world would be a better place if com- if companies like his, which are just trying to do the best for the world, and of course make a bunch of money. Didn't have to deal with these petty politicians and get them out of the way. <laughs> Democracy be damned. Yeah, and it won't, and nothing, nothing's changed. Yeah, I mean, do you, do you think any of these guys honestly believe uh, that, 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 I mean, you think, I mean, the best of that, and even though Trump didn't like him very much, the guy who was the head of Exit. I mean, there, could there possibly be a smarter guy in terms of what goes on between different countries in the world when 20-some countries uh, export oil, and and Exxon, I'm sure, has to deal with all 20 of them. I bet that guy knew more about what was going on worldwide than just about anybody. Tillerson? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he was a dummy. Somehow or another, he didn't get along with Trump, because Trump, I mean, you imagine those two guys in the room intellectually, what that must have been like. (laughs) The sparks must have been flying. Yeah, but I mean, talk about, you know, me, me in the ring with Cassius Clay. I mean, good lord. I mean, how much more do you think that guy knew about everything than Trump, except except bankruptcy or anybody who's been in the White House for the last fifty years? Yeah, <laughs> uh, maybe not Roosevelt, but uh, that's not fifty years. 
you know, yeah, I don't know. Well, Kennedy was kind of a worldwide guy, but maybe that's not as much as Torson. But those yeah, are, I think you know, you have, but you have to go pretty far back. You know, I think yeah. we've had some some real weak sisters sitting in the White House. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, but I mean, no, no. The uh, one of the interesting, I, I have a, a book, uh, uh, George Marshall, Soldier and Statesman. Right, it's kind of an autobiography, and uh, one of the parts I found fascinating was, I mean, I was, I knew a lot about his record in World War Two and where he came from and those kinds of things, but I didn't realize that when he when he finally was allowed to retire from the uh, World War Two, from the, the uh, general of the army, and he was he was the highest well. I guess he, w- he wasn't really the highest ranking guy, but he was the number one guy. Because uh, he, he didn't get his five star till somebody else. Who got it ahead of him? Was it uh, the Air Force guy? And so, anyway, there was a pecking order in the five star. I think he got it second or something. But uh, he basically ran the Army from here on both sides. And that's why he couldn't, uh, well, Roosevelt didn't let him lead the invasion of Europe because he thought he was more valuable here because he was running a two, you know, he was running both sides. Um, and realized when he left uh, Washington, when he retired, he drove home to wherever the hell he lives, Virginia or someplace. And while he was while he was walking in his house for the first time, and God knows how long, the phone rings and it was like Truman on the phone. Hey, I need I need you back here before he even got home. <laughs> well, before the Marshall Plan even started, he sent him over to China for like it was it had to be like a year, eighteen months. Him and his wife went over and try he tried to negotiate peace between Mao and, and Chiang Kai Shek. It was fascinating reading it. I mean, the guy, he said, there are never two guys more brutal and more, me- more more messed up than you could even imagine. And finally, after a year, year and a half, he, he wrote a letter to Truman. He said, you got to get me out of here. I, I have no chance. These two guys are idiots. They're brutal and they're idiots. And uh, there, there, there's no chance of these guys ever negotiating anything. There's no chance of ever doing any good here. you just got to get me home. And when he came home, of course, he ended up doing the Marshall Plan after that. But I mean, it was it was it was an absolute cesspool over there, and people are dying right and left. Nobody cared. I mean, uh, you know, and then now we we you know we all know what Mao ended up doing, and uh, you know, he and Stalin were buddies. But uh, you know, I I can't believe we're going to go down this road before. But the reason why these guys are doing this is they sense weakness here, and all you have to do is watch TV every day. It's right here, and we we got to. We got to sort of got to get our act together economically, everything else. Right, you can't. I can't fault. I mean, as much as I distrust both of them, or especially Xi Jinping, I can't fault them for using this as an opportunity. If if you were if you were to look at this country and you know what our corrupt news media wants to trumpet and talk about all the time, why would you not come in and seize the moment? And, and do what you can to, to, you know, make us look irrelevant or, you know, to play, the, you know, defense here and react to what they want because they're clearly now saying they, they want to dictate the terms and they're not worried about us anymore. And frankly, why, why should they be? <laughs> I hate to well, say that's it, right. That's right. We've given them every reason to, to ignore us or just, you know, brush us aside. Well, that's why when you see either news people or, uh, listen to your buddy, uh, what, what's his name? Was the, the, the trumpeter, uh, the son of the other trumpeter. What the hell was his name? Uh, Rand Paul or Rand, which, which is the, oh, uh, Ron Paul and Rand Paul. Which was the, the dad's Rand and the kid's Rand. Yeah. He's, he's trumpeting about, we're not doing this, we're letting rush. I'm sitting on, Rand, 
nobody wants to do anything with these people. Biden came out tomorrow and said, by the way, these guys are, are rattling the sabers. We're going to have a, a selective service and we're raising taxes on corporations to, to pay for it. Good Lord. The guy, the guy wouldn't make it home to the White House without the bullets flying. I mean, would he? Uh, you know, look at our defense department. Yeah, that's the features up there. We're far more concerned about purifying the ranks yeah. of our armed forces than we are about teaching them how to conduct warfare. Right? And I, I just think, well, if, if that's the kind of military that you are throwing all this money at, don't be surprised if we get our clock cleaned over and over again. That's the features up nine. Nancy, features up forty-six. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time decay for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed, and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hear ye, hear ye! The Homer Broadcasting System is on the air! Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control! Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Well, welcome back to Stocks and Jacks. I'm Tim Dave Scatine on the board. SP Futures up 9, Nancy Futures up 51. Um, we have Mr. Jan Flanagan with us. Uh, again, the, the news of today is... Uh, uh, well, we have uh, Sprint and Frontier are merging. We have the Spotify CEO apologizing to staff for Joe Rogan controversy as episodes get removed. I, uh, we have um, is, is the um, the why, why do you suppose, Jen? Is a couple of guys that I think were life well, at least I was a lifelong Democrat till I moved into the center. Uh, actually, I haven't moved at all. I just, I just, there's no room. Right, everybody moved around me, too. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, uh, I, I just don't, I mean, I have, uh, uh, adult beverages with people that would have been Republicans their whole life and say that, that party has nothing for them now. And I feel, I mean, how, the, uh, are we back to your buddy Tricky Dick's, uh, the silent majority? Oh, I'm not so sure of majority anymore. Is the, the silent schmoes in the middle? What, what are we? Or how silent we are. But, uh, 
Well, well, there's certainly a lot of disaffected people on both sides of the political spectrum. Well, let's put it this way. We're nowhere near noisy enough to do any good. How's that for a, a yep. shot across the bow? Just, uh, just saying. I'd go with that. <laughs> because we, we obviously, uh, I, I sent you an article regarding, uh, how the, how the Biden administration, uh, uh, miss, well, it's, uh, let's see who wrote this thing. I will, I will, Kayla, oh, Kayla Tausche. She's on TV all the time. She does a nice job. I like her. Uh, Fed influence, shaky forecast, delayed decisions, how the Biden administration misread the inflation threat. Now, if I had to critique this, and I would uh, talk to Miss Kayla, which I'd love to, by the way, because I think she's very bright. Uh, I mean, she talked, the Biden administration misread the rising threat of inflation for a variety of reasons. According to several economists and current and former government officials, unnamed sources, usual crap. Those reasons include, uh, Fed influence across the administration, the folly of traditional economic forecasting, political pressure to spend big, and a lack of urgency, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, but uh, the economics of it, I don't know who, what economists you talk to, but anybody who has been around a while, this this was this was playing as the nose on, on uh, W.C. Field's face, right? The big red honker that guy had. Uh, I just, the... This has been right there, but now, but now these people. I'm trying to tie this in with uh, uh, something that Carl was talking about last Friday a little bit because we were talking more, more about uh, uh, labor. This mortality thing that he sent around. I don't know if you, if you looked at this. This is scary. Scary as all get out, Jan. Uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm. I'm skipping around here, but anyway, there's there's a table here. U.S. mortality monitoring death excess ranking map historical. U.S. It goes by state. You can do you can do regions and everything else, but bottom line is that in uh, we, we've had in September and October last year we've, we're act, we're averaging. Uh, I'm going to say if I do the quick math on the chart, close to 1,800 deaths a day more than had been predicted. Make that a 2,200 deaths a day for a three or four month period for people aged 25 to 44 in this country. Than normal, uh, Jen. That's a bleep load, buddy. It's a horrible, yeah, statistic. Tom, you know the, the, the and factor into that too. You know the reduction in life expectancy that is dramatic. Um, the deaths to due to suicide, you know, opioid overdoses, depression because of the lockdowns and the, the economic disruptions. Uh, the whole, you know galaxy of reasons people can't deal with their lives anymore and then you, you factor in whatever else is going on too i mean I, you can't really segregate the stuff about you know, vaccine issues or side effects with all these other things too it's all crowding together but the numbers are dramatic they're, they're horrific numbers well in the state of alabama which i've only even been there uh normally there's 60 deaths per day uh, for people who are in the ages of 25 to 44 in the whole state. And for those three months, the number was actually like 120. Well, that's that's very significant, statistically significant. I'm not you know, Mr. Stat, but, I mean, really? That, that's a lot. Arizona, we're talking uh, 70 to 140. This is all last August, September, October, with the previous big spikes being 
uh, July of 20 and December of 21. Let me see if I can find a, uh, what over California. Now, California had a much bigger spike in, uh, December of 21, but same thing, August, September, October, the normal amount of deaths per day, uh, in summary, 25 to 44 years is, uh, 250, 250, and the number was close to 490. So it's almost double in every single state here. Uh, Colorado, not as much. Well, 45 to 80, you know, it's pretty close. Connecticut, Connecticut hardly at all. I don't wonder why that is. Connecticut, barely, barely a bump. Uh, Delaware, uh, again, barely a bump. So, uh, but apparently states like New Hampshire and Vermont too, very little change, which is curious too. Florida, yeah, Florida, uh, normally 175, 450. Florida is by yeah, far the, mo- the most pronounced. Georgia, same way. Uh, Hawaii, can't even tell the difference all over the place. It's like a heart monitor. You can't even tell. Uh, Idaho, can't even tell. Uh, Illinois, not as bad. Um, just higher the whole way. Illinois was the worst in uh, May through July of uh, 2020. And uh, early in 2020, Illinois is the worst right now. 2022, way, way, way above in uh, January. Instead of uh, 90 deaths per day, it's uh, 175. That's a lot. So I don't know. I mean, it's, but I mean, it's 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 pretty scary. Now, now, when I not giving anybody, you know, the statistics and having Pfizer pretty much, it's the same thing that the Fed did for regular people. The Fed took away the money supply numbers from people. And to this day, we don't. For me to get money supply numbers for the end of the year, I'm not going to get those numbers till the 25th of January. These come out every week. Now, two things, John. One is we we the people aren't getting the numbers. Yet I know, even though the Fed's working from home or doing something from home, God knows what they're doing from home. Uh, the uh, somebody somewhere in the bowels of our government is still cranking out these numbers. Which means somebody's has access to them. Now, not only are you, <laughs> if, if if all of a sudden you said we're not even going to look, okay, I think that's a horrible idea. But I, I can at least buy that. But you can't tell me that the right people start getting these numbers, which I think that 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 to me is when when are we going to walk in and just tell all these people, Janet Yellen, get your fanny out of here. By the way, you're not getting a pension, and and by the way, you're you're never going to hold government office again. What what are we going to do this to like about a hundred people out there? The the thing I really took away from that piece you sent around, Tom, about about the Fed and the Treasury, you know, and, and this is part of everything you've been saying here. That there's no separation, it seems now, and it's quite deliberate, I guess, uh, between the, the people who are supposedly independent. You know, in all of this, people in the Treasury versus people in the central bank, it's been a revolving door. These people just go from position to position, and I don't think they really know how to change hats anymore. And what you, what you get is a kind of, in, in, in the case of you know, when, when there was, before there was a Fed, you know, before there was any kind of supposedly independent private operation here, 
kept track of stuff, you know, you, you had some kind of you know superior, omnipotent control. And we have the illusion of this kind of regulatory thing, and it, it isn't that at all. You've just got a conspiracy of sorts of people who are all totally bound up in whatever result they're trying to either prevent or to push, and it doesn't matter what position they occupy anymore. It doesn't matter where they used to be or where they're headed. They're all kind of in it together, and it's a closed operation. They don't publish the numbers anymore. They don't let other people come to their own conclusions. It's it's it, it's intolerable that it's come to this. So I mean, that, I found that piece very interesting, and I have to go back and and reread it again because I, I could see this sort of mon- monster developing before my eyes that we really don't have any kind of controls anymore on this. And, and, and if anything were to happen, there'd be nobody around well, to take responsibility for it or explain it. Plus, the, I, the, the moral fiber of these people is, is, is somewhat suspect. I mean, I had a, my, uh, I've mentioned before, my family on the Italian side is a little, I'll say, different slash messed up. Not not so much in, uh, in character, not at all, but in terms of uh, the way the ages played out because my grandmother was the oldest, and uh, and she had a lot of her, well, a lot, she had six kids. Several of her kids are older than her brothers and sisters, right, because she started basically popping out kids when she was 16, which people did in those days. Uh, anyway, this is, this is 100 and some years ago. So um, some of my mother's cousins are essentially my age, or, or pretty close, and we're real, real tight. Uh, but one of them... Was a lot, you know, he was older, so I didn't know him that well. I just knew who he was. He also had a 62 Starfire convertible, which was pretty neat. Uh, yeah, remember the 62 old Starfire? What a great car. Anyway, he, uh, he worked for NASA or one of those places. And you know what? He was, he'd go on two year assignments and come back and he lived in Lexington, Kentucky for a while. And he, he never let on the idea that that guy would ever, plus he was a big, huge man you wouldn't mess with. The, the idea that he would he would let out to somebody that uh, oh by the way we're buying X from uh, from Scatina Inc. You might might buy stock in there that would, it would just never happen. Chad. I mean it, I mean the thought of that was like the guy'd rather die first. I mean was it was that you know that's the way I'm not saying people were better than they are now but this idea that that uh, if the Fed you know lets Nancy Pelosi or you know Who's a, who's a bump on the other side? It's married uh, to Alina Cho. Uh, oh, McConnell. Uh, you know the the idea that uh, you know that her her business interests or Nancy Pelosi's husband's business interests. The idea that those two people would keep those numbers from their their significant others and 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 the the, the tightness that uh, they have with the, the with the Chinese government. The idea that the Chinese government doesn't know our money supply numbers when I don't, the thought never even crossed my mind, John. I don't, I don't, I don't even begin to think these people are that honorable. I, mean, I, and I, oh, I really hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong, but I don't see I don't think I am. The thing I get out of the Schweitzer book, and I, I can barely read through it because it is so sickening. I mean, every chapter is some sort of, I get the sinking feeling of what's to come because I kind of I know pretty much the outline of, of what's going on but but he spells it out in just excruciating detail but 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 the politicians you know the, the senators and cabinet members former cabinet members whatever these people operate like multinational corporations well, by, do, and sure. by that yeah. i mean a moral a political 
It has nothing to do with any sort of allegiance that they owe to a superior, to a superior agency, to their own government. They're, they are just free wheelers, and they, they hobgob around the world with people who are equally amoral and disconnected from any kind of allegiances or loyalties other than to themselves and to other crooks. And you get this, this terrible feeling that it wasn't always this way. When did it become, you know, the new normal is, is you know, a horrible kind of rabbit hole to go down, but it's now so entrenched. I don't, I don't think Schweitzer or anybody else has a, a real handle on how it can be unraveled either. Well, um, let me ask you this, because you're, you know, being of the law background, you know more about Congress than I do. Uh, one of, uh, well, he's not a friend, but uh, the mayor of Orland Park, from what I, from what I gather from Audrey anyway, he's decided to run for uh, state rep, not state rep, uh, U.S. representative out of that district, whatever district that is, I don't even know. Um, and I don't know who he's running against, but, and he, you know, I, I'm, I, uh, I think he's done a nice job, and all the people like him, uh, he, he certainly seems to be for the people in Orland. I'll say that for him. And at least he, you know, the people feel that way. So, dub people like the dude. Now, whether that's enough to get a, a Republican, you know, out there in or not, I don't know. But I'd love to have him on the show, and he might come in. Who knows? But the, the, uh, well, I got to invite him first, right? Um, but the, uh, w- w- my point is, so suppose the dude wins. Let's let's say we like him. He comes in, or we, you know, we like him, uh, and and. <laughs> Well, I can't vote for him. It's not my district. Of course, I, well, I'm in Chicago. I shouldn't let that stop me, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I'm sure I can mail something in from out there, but, uh, anywho. Drop boxes everywhere, yeah. <laughs> I can, I can tell him I live with, with, uh, Frank Fahey, and one, one night a week, and I'll live with Audrey two nights a week. I mean, whatever. So, the, uh, now suppose the guy wins. I, I don't, I don't get, and, and I don't, I don't have a sense, for was it always this way that 90%, it appears to be, 90% of the power in the House is in like eight people and the rest of the people might not even show up. What, when, when did that happen? Has it always been that way? Is there any coming back from that? Think back to the you know post-Watergate era, Tom, and the, you know, the revulsion that, that people felt you know, in the 74 election, 76 election too to some extent they were so disgusted that a lot of people got flushed good people got flushed out just because they were associated with the Washington culture and you know a whole lot of people came out of that you know era who you know probably never would have got elected at anything in any other uh, election cycle but the people were so disaffected that there was a kind of sea change and you got people like Patrick Leahy who's still there and, and lots of other people too. I thought but, he just, that, oh, he's still that's there, the sorry. last time I can remember any kind of a concerted effort where people rebelled against the institution more than against the, the individual office holders. And now, well, I mean, the Tea Party was low, wasn't it? just one one seat here or there. That isn't going to do anything. But what? It, but what is somehow? And I've gotten this kind of from Carl, and I've asked you know some of the other uh, co-hosts, and I don't think I've asked you yet, but. Carl's buddy won down in Florida, and I actually went to a, a couple of those uh, APAC dinners. Uh, I was the uh, couple guys bought tables, and you know, I, I was I was one of the goyams that would go to the thing. It's a the uh, what is it, American Israeli Political Action Committee? Yeah, political action, yeah. And uh, you know, I don't I don't 
whatever. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to throw policy out on that. But I, as usual, John, wherever you go, if you listen, you learn stuff that you never dreamed you were going to learn. You know, going places, and uh, these guys, uh, uh, speakers, got up and, and he'd say. Everybody, you know, a whole room, he'd say, remember, you can't get anybody out of Congress, and they stay here forever, and everybody goes, yeah! He goes, that's such BS. He goes, we've got more turnover now than we ever have, because what the what this group does is they contact virtually every, not virtually, every congressman on behalf of, you know, the Israeli situation in Israel, you know, with the people around them all having guns and all that kind of stuff. And I think, John, if they bring anybody who's willing to go over the next... You know, whatever two four years they're in Congress, they bring you over there uh, to to see the place and uh, and what's going on and what they're dealing with and you know it, it's obviously their shtick. I mean, there's no doubt about that that they're giving you their side of the story. But the fact is, there is a story there, right? And virtually every congressman that that spoke at the thing just said, you know, the thing that astounded us was you could go up on a hill and they'd say. Those guns are pointed at us, and those guys are our enemies. Now, whether you know they should be neg- negotiating different, better, whatever. The, the people just said that the difference in, in your point of view, your geographic point of view, between that and thinking of the Russians when you're in Chicago—not that you could, they couldn't drop a missile on you—is like night and day. Where you can actually look at these guys, and if they get pissed off, they'll you know lob a rocket at you like that night, you know, type of thing. But they basically said. That there's a district in Illinois where there's been, a, this was a few years ago, that they had a, a new person five elections in a row. He goes, we know, because we, we have to contact these people, and we're coming up with the money to take them all basically on a trip. And they're all changing, which sort of gets you to Carl's buddy in Florida, who was elected, I'm sure, on the Republican side. He gets up there, and first they didn't want him to use his own cell phone because they wanted everybody called. This is the Republican Party. And then after like one, I don't know, it was one or was it one or two terms? I don't know if I, if I recall. Carl said he just said hell with this and I'm out of here. And uh, which is what a lot of people. Are, there seems to be some. I'll use the term moat or river, where at the third or fourth or fifth term, where you either say I'm taking money from all these people and I'm part of the, I'll say the problem and not the solution, and you either say screw it, I'm going back home, or you hop over it and you're there like forever, or something. And then you, you, and I don't know when that started. If it was always like that, and all of a sudden those people seem to have, you know, however there's there's fifty of them that are I use the term sort of lifers, and the other three eighty might as well be playing tiddlywinks in the health club, right? I mean, uh, is it is my read decent here or no? It's 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 spot on. It's it's been at least since you know the seventies or eighties, and it's it's been in you know full you know full speed ahead. In the last twenty, and it's it's now reached a point where you've got you know the only way that this seems to change or where, where the balance gets a little bit upset is when you have something just as sinister in like the Justice Democrats that have looked for vulnerable you know moderate Democrats in contestable races. So you, like when Lipinski lost out to Marie Newman or how Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez got elected or the other members of the squad. These were people who not, were not necessarily shining lights of you know, strong ethics or whatever else, but they, they had some kind of resemblance to the constituents in their you know, district that they spoke for them and they had you know, 
moderate views by by political standards, and, and that's been you know those people have been targeted. We don't want any blanket. Well, I mean, you can't say that you can't say the Republicans aren't doing the same thing. It's almost like of course they right. both they both got the Nazi playbook. We're looking for purity in the party, and it's it's all about getting rid of people in the middle. And you know, this it's not just that you know. But who are who are who are the people? Who do we? We only have a few minutes here. If you had to ask, if you had to look, if you if you if you were over if you were overseeing, if you were Solomon sitting up on a cloud, who the hell is in charge of either one of these parties? You can't tell me it's Trump. He's too dumb. You can't. You can't oh God, t- no, no. I mean, I mean who's? I mean, you can't tell me on the, on the Democratic side it's Nancy Pelosi. Nobody likes her. I mean, who who actually is the man behind the curtain or the woman behind the curtain? Well, I I, I could be flippant say it's Xi Jinping. Um, or could any be. other despot who you know thinks they own people and, and, and by all appearances do, but it's it's financial interest. It's the Pfizer's. It's it's the you know the, the defense industry. It's defense contractors. It's, it's people who sell to both sides and don't have any kind of scruple. They they don't see things in terms of an enemy versus a friend. Everybody is a potential enemy or friend. All I want to do is make money off of them I, and. I, and You've got, I think, everybody now pretty much in the Washington establishment following those game rules, and they get wined and dined by everybody, and they you don't have Jan- any sense of who they are anymore, and it's, it's unimportant to them who they are. You know what, Chad? I never, I never felt, and I, I could be totally wrong here, and, and expound on what you just said. I never felt as much as the uh, military, the military establishment. Let's say. You know, whoever made the F-14 or something, was it Grumman or whoever made it? I don't, I don't know if it was them. Somebody will probably tweet in. But as much as those guys, if, if the if the U.S. comes up with the development and so forth, they love it if we then say, okay, you can you can you can sell you know 500 other dumbed down versions all the other places in the world. Uh, I, I think they love the idea that they're if somebody gets shot, their bullet is liable to be their bullet anywhere else in the world. I never got the feeling. That those people were anti-U.S. or weren't somewhat patriotic, and that they they really worked for us first, at least, and really almost waited for our okay to sell the stuff. Other, I mean, maybe I'm naive there. But I never thought that they, that Lockheed or Grumman, really wanted the U.S. to go under and didn't care. Right? I mean, I, you know, I don't. I think the some of these other corporate corporations, I don't think they care at all. I mean, I really, I never really thought that 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 group was quite that way. Am I just being naive? No, and I, I still hope that that's the case. I'm not, I'm not saying that that every defense contractor is in bed with our enemies, or, you know, present or future. But I, I do think it's very hard to keep them on the straight and narrow. And there's there's so much money to be made and so much influence to be traded by doing it via the back door. And you've got lots of people in this country who would love to, to sell. To people, you wouldn't want to touch with a ten-foot pole. But, I mean, but we've got to see. People don't have your scruples, but they've got the connections to make a, the sale, and the people maybe manufacturing it had no clue this was going to happen or that it would end up in these people's hands. But it does. But we've, never, we've yet to see Boeing or, or, or Blackheed Martin or somebody design and build a fighter jet for the Chinese or build an aircraft carrier for the for the Russians. I don't. Not that I know. I mean, they they love it if we say in order to cut the cost, 
feel free to make an extra 200 and spray them around Israel and France and a bunch of other places. I mean, they'll do that in a nanosecond, but I don't think it's anywhere near the same as them designing and building one for the Chinese, do you? Oh, no, but the, I mean, the possibilities now for industrial espionage and sabotage, I mean, look at the, you know, the, just the most visible cases in the last 20 years of foreign nationals at the heart of, you know, the chemistry program at Harvard or you know, aeronautical engineering programs at various universities, and they're selling all the technology they can get their hands on to people we don't want, would never treat as allies. And when you when you got people at that level who are close to the sensitive stuff and can move it around and make money off of it and, and maybe get the participation and cooperation of a lot of higher-ups, doesn't matter how true blue the company that's make, making the stuff is. Jim, we know the, the kid that... In, in between are total crooks. We know the University of Illinois would much rather have a full-paying Chinese citizen than David's kid. Sure. Sure. And you, you don't think that comes with risk? Of course it does. Sure it does. It, uh, especially when they got people over here watching them. Now, if David's kid is one of the roommates that they watch him too, do they report back to David? <laughs> I don't think well, I'm they'll probably try to recruit David some. God. Good luck with that. Um, SP, <laughs> he's probably played out, playing softball somewhere. Where the hell is he? SP Futures up 10. Tell him where to go. <laughs> NASDAQ Futures up 51. Thanks, Jan. Well, in, a minute, well, in a minute, we should have Mike not make hard. Uh, if he doesn't, uh, call back. We'll be right we'll back. Thanks, Jacks. Welcome to Lockbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Lockbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with their choice. 
At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. Stocks, jocks, stocks, and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello, welcome back to Stocks and Jocks. I'm Tom Alley. This is for Dave Scatina on the board. I almost said Matt Weber, but no, you're Dave Scatina. We had a good... I'm seen fighting him. the board today. Well, well, you know it's uh, it's Monday. It's, it's Monday. You know it's okay. It's all right. We'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll get through it. The uh, S and P futures up seven and a quarter. They were up more. as duck back a little bit. Nasdaq futures up thirty eight. Dow futures up fifty four again. And Friday we were up real strong going into the close. All of a sudden the, the S and P's were up like fifty five. Then it was forty five, forty, thirty five, and they closed up like fifteen, which is really strange. Um, over Europe we've got. Dax up 78.5%, FTSE up 44.6%, CAC round up 20.3%. So all bullish over there. Over in Asia, we've got the Nikkei down 191.7%, Shanghai opened after a week off for the year of the Tiger, up 68.2%. Again, they've not been open since a week ago, um, a week ago, uh, well, a week ago today. Hang Seng up 6, call that flat. Uh, as a way of review, Friday we had the Dow down 21, the S&P up 23, NASDAQ up 219. As we had, uh, it was uh, Google's earnings, not Google's, we had uh, Amazon's earnings Friday. And Amazon spun around 400 points on Thursday night, which is like a real number. Uh, bonds unchanged at 1.92. The Bund, uh, positive one basis point at 0.22. Uh, I'm glad I don't say minus anymore. At least, at least I have for, for a while now. Japan, uh, a positive 0.20. Uh, UK positive 1.41. They actually did raise their interest rates at their meeting last week. Oil down 74 cents, 91.57. Brent down 27 cents, 93. Natural gas down 18 cents at 4.37. Arbob up a penny at 2.68. Arbob just keeps creeping. As you notice your price at the pump tree creeping, well, Arbob's creeping right along with it. Or maybe Arbob's creeping first. Creeping first, and then that's causing that to creep. Gold up 8.90. It's 18.16. Silver up 47 cents, 22.95. Again, having these huge 2% moves within a very narrow range. Again, I've never seen it quite like that. Uh, I keep saying that all the time. Maybe this is becoming a new normal, David, or something. Copper down 2 cents, 4.45. And last crypto uh, up 1,100 bucks to 42,783. So way back from the, I think it traded 30,000 a real close a couple weeks ago. So it's bounced back, uh, really, what's that, almost 30 or 40%. So, Big bounce in the crypto lately. What do you got for us? Traffic weather sports. Uh, 7.38 this beautiful Monday morning. 24 and cloudy in Chicago. We're going to hit 26. Hopefully see some sh- sunshine this afternoon. Phoenix listeners, it's 52 and clear. 73 and sunny for the day. Traffic heavy buildup on all major highways due to earlier accidents that have cleared up. But it's really, um, things are really slow on all the roads. In sports, the NFL, we had the Pro Bowl, the Touch Pro Bowl, I like to call it. 
AFC 41, NFC 35, NBA Bulls lose to the Sixers 119 to 108, and they will take on the Suns tonight in Chicago. PGA Tour at Pebble Beach. Tom Hag- Tom Hogue wins Pebble Beach for the first his first PGA Tour victory. NCAA basketball. Illinois beat Indiana Saturday night 74 to 57. DePaul beats Xavier 69-65. Arizona 72. USC 63 and Arizona State beats number three UCLA 87-84 in triple overtime. Back to you, Chief. The uh, Irish running in Saturday. I, I apologize for not putting that on. No, no, that wasn't yesterday. That was Saturday. It's kind of old news, but uh, yeah, there was there wasn't a ton on yesterday that I paid attention to. Was they? Uh, was they, they? They keep creeping. This kid from uh, Yale is, is turned out to be a really good center, and uh, they have a freshman who. Out of the blue is becoming really well, so their point guard they've been able to shove over to shooting guard, who's seemingly much happier over there. And all of a sudden, they're wandering their way through the ACC pretty well. And the ACC is uh, nowhere near as strong as normal. Um, Duke well, is, Duke's pretty good, but uh, North Carolina's kind of lousy. Well, Duke just had their big game against uh, North Carolina for uh, yeah, Coach, K- Coach K's final year. Yeah, they collaborated. North they, Carolina's getting, I was reading yeah. where they were booing the hell out of him when he walked in. He goes, oh, I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, well, he's uh, he's up there. What's he, 70-something? Yeah, this is his final year at, um, uh, at Duke. But, you know, we got March Madness coming up. Yeah. How's Notre Dame looking for that? Um, I suspect they, they get in. I, I You know, they're where would I have them ranked? You know, they're probably 25th, 30th, somewhere in there. I mean, they're not horrible. You know who's come up and coming is this Marquette team. Marquette, finally. It's been a long time, huh? You guys got 10 freshmen on the team. I like this new DePaul coach. They beat uh, Xavier on Saturday. Yeah. That's why I, yeah, I, did, I, I apologize to the listeners for not getting my NCAA basketball report, report out on my first call. Yeah. Do we have uh, Mr. Mike call in or no? Mike did not call in. Well, we were we didn't have a show last Monday, so he probably got... I, I, was, I was trying to get Dan to come in to talk about uh, the CPI number that's coming out. Well, that's... Uh, uh, well, Jan, Jan might call back. He said he would wait for see if because uh, I want also want to talk about that. What are your your Peloton shares are going up? People think it's a, it's a takeover candidate, so I got it up seven dollars this morning, thirty two fifteen. I mean these these prices of these stocks are all over the place. But but where is Pel? Where, I mean, how what they're they got creamed off their highs. Oh, right, yeah. But everything did though. I was just talking to Dan about that. How these stocks are way overpriced to begin well, with. Well, they. I mean, you have. The, I actually had a. Uh, uh, I shouldn't go into this, but uh, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> uh, well, last July, Peloton was 130. So yeah, right. Uh, they got. I mean, now that the you know COVID, they were talking. I heard it on the radio this morning. They were talking about the Peloton stock that they're looking to expand to get some new people in. Well, I, I, the uh, the momentum. Trade, which is uh, momentum, momentum trade, basically says if, if, if a stock is going up, and you'll see uh, Dr. J and those guys are, do that a lot. And uh, you know, and, and when hold on, hold on one second, Tom. When the market is going up, um, you know, you'll see if something starts to move and people start to, uh, market starts to move and things start to go up. There's a momentum to it because people think there's a, there's unusual activity that somebody knows something. So people will definitely pile into the, uh, the 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 stack or whatever it is because there's some momentum there. The guy who's there ahead of you, 
uh, knows know, knows something, and 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 there is a there's obviously a certain uh, proof necessarily to that. I mean, somebody did start the ball. All know. right, I got our guy back, John. Oh, John, John, we're just talking about momentum stocks here. Thanks for calling back. Sure. Um, we're saying like, what is when you get these stocks that are that are way up? Well, you have the phenomenon, and it always happens. Well, it always happens. Whenever you have any kind of a of a of a bubble of any kind, go back to the tulips. Uh, you know, what, what, how how high is high? I mean, and this is not. I, I mean, tried to suck you in. Um, this is uh, the uh, the uh, your you know your whenever whenever you have something new, you almost really can't price it. I mean. I mean, those of uh, our era will say, well, the 2000 situation, the dot bombs, as, as you want to call them, uh, clearly were like that. These were, these are companies that a lot of them had good ideas, but you started valuing them on click-throughs instead of earnings, and, and, you, and all of a sudden you just, you got to a point where, you know, how much are these things worth, and the numbers were just, you know, people are just shaking their heads, you know. To the, but that also happened with railroads. When people had got a, got a commission for a railroad, the stock could start to race up, even though they don't even their first mile of track down. It's it's very difficult sometimes to value things before they even start up or before you even know. But it's it's pretty clear, like to, to people, well, people like me and a lot of other investors. I'm not saying we know where this stuff goes. Please don't even, don't even begin to think that. But John, what I'm trying to say here clumsily is that uh, there now have been a lot of rotations in in my recent lifetime. I mean, you look at a Facebook. One thing that's obvious to me in in this this sort of space where things are valued for maybe advertising for a while, or and then all of a sudden it's very hard to get a ten year half life on these things. You know, they they flare for a while. They look like they're growing to beat the band. You know, whatever it is, COVID helped some, some didn't help others. Then all of a sudden, you know, some other firms do a little bit better, and all of a sudden these guys are not worth you know fifty times earnings anymore. They're worth twenty five. Well, if they're bid up to some ridiculous number, like a you know eight hundred billion dollars or trillion dollar valuation, and all of a sudden it drops by thirty percent, which is what happened to Facebook last week, you sit there and go, "Holy, holy, holy bleep, Batman! How the hell did some some firm drop by five times the number of, of General Motors?" I mean, it happens. You wonder why who's who, who bid it up there in the first place, right? And uh, but you you see that. You know, we're not talking about, you know, Exxon, which has, you know, God knows how many oil wells and pieces of property all around the world that if you sold them all off, you at least have something. Yet these companies, I mean, if nobody wants to use Facebook tomorrow, what's it worth? I, mean, I don't know. But if everybody does and continues to advertise there for the next 40 years, but it's so rare that that happens, that, that somebody can keep pace with all the tech... All the changes and just people get tired of something and trying. I mean, it's, it, it happened with what AOL. It happened with uh, was the one before them. Uh, it was AOL. Then it was Yahoo. All these places had their turn, and then all of a sudden, four years later, eh, 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 eBay. Yeah, the world is littered with these defunct, you know, internet providers. Uh, people, you know, at least in the tulip mania era, there were tulips. You know, there were widgets. You know, that, that were trafficking and being, you know, coveted and put in display and grown and everything else. With Facebook, what do you got? You have artificial intelligence. You have a whole, you know, software image 
of, of what you know you can do technologically to you know communicate or control people but once that's co-opted once it's in the hands of other people or it's improved by somebody else they don't have a product anymore they don't have anything anymore <laughs> well the uh, I'll give you what some now you being a uh, uh, you know a guy who teaches on, on house titles and so forth I think a tulip got to be worth more than like four or five houses in like something like two twenty five hundred bottles of beer or something. Now, David would you know how could a tulip be worth twenty five hundred bottles? Is it two thousand pounds of beer or something? Uh, but but you know the the sequence of it is 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 always the same. The tulip, as long as people just bought it with their own money with cash, uh, and it went up, there wasn't a whole lot of danger to the rest of society. And all of a sudden, they got listed on every exchange. Then, as soon as you can borrow money to uh, to buy the tulips, that's when other people get involved. Because when you start having margin, and all of a sudden they fall apart, and all of a sudden people start losing money on, the, on not only the people who bought it, but the people who loaned them money to buy it. That's when you have this this effect that causes a problem. You know, that's what really starting to worry me about the the bitcoins of the world. I mean, I've been a, a huge critic of that area for a long time because the thing is worth nothing. It's a fake stock. Trust me. Um, you know, the fact that it, a bunch of people buy it and come on TV and tell you to go buy it because they own it, I guess that's worth something. But I really wasn't all that worried about it. So now people are starting to find a way to lend, lend people money on it. And, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, did some research and one of my guys tells me that if you borrow from one of these places, they want a tenth. David, I don't know if you heard this, a tenth of a percent a day. I have not. That's a lot. That, uh, what's that? 30, 33% a year as a margin loan on, on Facebook? Or, uh, on Facebook on, uh, on Bitcoin? That's a number. Because I know we have uh, a couple of contributors said they know places you can invest with them and they'll pay you 9%. So if they're paying you 9 you know, you know, I mean, when I first heard that, John, I mean, when, I, when Kenny Polkari said these guys are paying 9 I go, all right, Kenny, what do you figure they're getting? At least 25? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ken, Kenny is Kenny, Kenny is not only a very good stock person, he's very street sense. Because uh, 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 the family owns how many restaurants in, in Boston? I think I think they know their way around the regular street, don't you? The, uh, yeah. So what the... It's, 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 it's kind of reached a point, Tom, and I, I don't know, this, this doesn't sound very scientific at all, but if, if you run out of things to manufacture and to sell... Or you know to compete with other manufacturers and, and vendors, then you start you know trading in human behavior or you know psychological profiles, and you know you, you get you know you, you make money. Everybody always wants to make money, but if you can only make it by you know pr- predicting down the road what so and so is going to pay for some worthless object, it's like pet rocks or you know things that have absolutely no tradable value anywhere other than what people invent for them. And it's like we're inventing all this stuff now to make money off of because we've, is it that we've run out of things to actually make? That we've run out of, you know, resources to produce things from? That can't be the case. But I guess we can't make enough money out of those, you know, hard objects anymore. So we have to go into, you know, virtual currencies or, you know, predicting future behavior and, you know, winning or losing that way. So maybe we're, this is just something we have to get used to. I mean, that, you're bankrupt though. Well, <laughs> when you have, uh, we have three Southsiders on the air here and I'm sure 
you and David, uh, at some point, I know it's my Italian side of the family, what is your money burning a hole through your pocket? What are you, a drunken sailor? <laughs> I mean, I mean, there was, you know, you'd have some kind of a, you know, and I, I was never somebody who spent like that, but we're talking about a society that the Federal Reserve has increased the money supply. I think this is the number. In, in over the, the 20 months of COVID, increased the money supply by 38% in a, in a 24-month period. Maybe it was a 30-month, whatever it was. That's never happened before. So we're talking trillions of dollars have entered the system, and in some people's hands, I mean, let's put it this way. If, I mean, this is what I reel about all the time, and I think you're with me on this. If you if you plunked, um, you know, go go around downtown here to the buildings that are still have people left in them, and and, and pass out, uh, you know, five hundred hours to the, uh, you know, Polish cleaning ladies or the the people who can't barely speak English that are the cleaning ladies or the guys who are janitors in the building, and you'll find that that. 500 bucks probably finds its way either paying off a visa card or buying something that they've been looking to buy for a while or if it's a little bit more maybe getting the car fit the money the money will be spent in in a way that that's I'm going to say somewhat makes sense or maybe more than makes sense right because there, there's a there's a use for it instantly because probably somebody's gone without something right yeah. uh, now if you if you go give a $400,000 check to a restaurant owner who had the best year ever last year and somebody says to him gee you know if you really want to make money on your money don't be a chump get into this bitcoin I bought it at five, you know, 500 and it's 20,000 everybody makes money every day I think he's much more likely to listen to your your story than he's broke just saying I mean, there, there's, the, the, we're talking about you know Basically, trillions of dollars that is looking for a home, looking for an idea, looking for something. We're not talking about, but just like when you saw people when they gave everybody the checks in the mail, they, they, a lot of people paid down their credit cards because they've been living beyond their means with a lot of the stuff. And the federal government, to their credit, said, you know, this is causing people a lot of issues. And some people were probably strung out on their cards a little bit. And the first thing they did was pay down some of the cards. Or if you really needed something, to, you, I mean, a lot of people probably got the check in the mail the same day the, you know, the kids' tuition bill showed up, or the car bill, or something, right? I mean, it just, I bet, I bet it wasn't in the house, you know, the equivalent of ten minutes, and it, and it already found a home, right? And, and also, I mean, if, if you use that money to pay down a credit card, it isn't like most people got enough money to pay off a credit card. So all you did was kind of, you know, push the goalpost down the road a little bit and got a little more buying power because you reduced your balance, but it isn't like you have, have any way of making your balance go away. You're just going to have to run it up again. So it, it's, it doesn't it doesn't fix financial problems that people have. It doesn't give, give you more buying power, really, other than you know a, a temporary fix at best. Well, I mean, one of the most telling, and I really wish I could... I can't find these people. The people who do this uh, this U.S. debt page... And they, they must have people at work there, but you, you can't find them. It's not like you get somebody to, to come on it, because I've tried to get somebody to come on and define, like, how some of the numbers are, uh, are actually played out. But they have one there that's, that's, that's pretty fascinating, and it's the, uh, I'll see if I can dig it up. But, uh, it has to do with the savings per family, and it has, and I think it's, it's, it's mostly just, uh, cash. 
but I, but I'll find it here in a second. But the uh, the it's it's been you know kind of a lousy number for a long time. It got down to like seventeen hundred per family, you know that kind of thing. And uh, and and right now um, I've got this thing coming up. Right now, if I, I looked last week, it's uh, um, savings per family. Right, it's down to seventeen nine hundred. 17900 Their definition is uh, uh, liquid, liquid cash in personal savings for all U.S. families divided by the number of U.S. families. So this is a mean, not a median. I'd love to see what the median is. I'm sure it's a lot lower, don't you? Oh, yeah. Uh, but this number, for you know, for as long as I've been doing this show, was like 1800 1900 I mean, it, was, it was, matter of fact, let me see if I can, I can go back a, a, a few years here. Because they have a debt clock time machine. I'll go back to 2012, kind of when we first. The uh, um, savings per family was 8000 all right, in, in 2012. In, uh, in 2016, it was, uh, I think it might have been less. It was, yeah, it was. It was 8800 the first one, then it was 8200 So savings per family is 8200 bucks. All right, so now it is... Uh, I'm going to say it's seventeen thousand, but the interesting part is, I gave this number out last week. I've got it seventeen nine. Last week the number was eighteen seven. When when all those checks came out and all the PPP checks went out, uh, Jan, uh, guess what? This, guess what this number topped out at? Briefly, fifty. Fifty. When all those checks were flying out last week, and uh, or last year. And all those other cute uh, PPP checks and all the other stuff were flat. And now that number got there. Cause there's a, an awful lot. Like I said, there's an awful lot of businesses. They got like a million bucks, a million dollar check. I mean, uh, there, there, there's a. Uh, I, I could. I, mean, I don't want to name the names of the places, but if you want to learn, I mean, uh, you know, we'll, we'll tweet out maybe tomorrow. There, there's a site you can go. There, every single PPP loan in the state of Illinois and every state in the country is listed. The name of the company that got it, and they'll tell you how many people they have and how much money they got. And I think Illinois was—I'll uh, I'll look it up tomorrow. We don't have time, but I, I think it's like five hundred thousand built businesses in the state of Illinois, or some huge number was two hundred eighty thousand, and it was thirty-eight billion dollars. I mean, it's huge amounts of dough. Those, and, and there's companies that have, uh, you know, paving that are, you know, it's a the Flanagan Howe Paving Company. That, uh, you know, have 50 employees and all of a sudden we got a check for like a million bucks or something. I mean, and it, guess what? It's in our, it's in our bank account. It's a savings, right? Boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there's law firms that got five million dollar check, it's, it's, it's huge amounts of money that was, that was printed out and sent out. I mean, I mean, I, nobody, United Airlines at the top of the chain or, or Commonwealth Dead, nobody's ever missed a paycheck, did they? Probably got raises. But I'm saying that that number flew up and it has come down from 50,000. Now it's under 18 and going down essentially by the week. Uh, you know, since. So now, you know, where, where are we going forward if we, if we enter this malaise, this stagflation malaise without any more money? I'm not saying they should print more and send it out, but right now is probably the most, one of the most dangerous times for regular people. Even though the, the the employment report and everything else last Friday was pretty good, but we we better keep going in that direction because I think the reserve is used up. God, yeah. 
it's amazing what you see if you look. That's why I was, that's why it's probably better not to look, as they say. It, you, you factor then in the mortality figures, Tom. Just to put the icing on the cake. What, yeah. what this really means, yeah, in terms of human suffering too. It isn't like people's lives have gotten longer or easier or better in the process. Well, let's just hope that. Uh, uh, well, I tell you what, you can't try and try and drive by a funeral home now and not see a funeral there. I mean, it, it, it's amazing how busy this stuff, these places are, and it's not, it's not well, it isn't the industry you want to see busy. Hey, uh, so um, wh- why exactly, again, don't we have a curling team? <laughs> I'm in on this it, curling it was on team. on my list. I, I am in on this curling <laughs> Well, let, let the record reflect that if we had one, I would be the captain, and I'd be the guy shoving the rock. You guys would be out there sh- sweeping. <laughs> well, we'd have to definitely vote on that. I mean, so, we each had a chance with the rock. Because nobody wants to sweep. You might fall on your head and break your noggin with sweeping. But what if somebody's bad and he misses the whole thing, like puts it in the gutter, like bowling? And then what, are we let that guy, he could screw us all over if he wasn't good at it. It's, it's got to be the same thing as pitching in softball. Just repetition, put it right there. Right, David? I mean, what, what's the difference? <laughs> hey. <laughs> this will be the next chapter in my life. Tom, now. just don't try throwing it. Curling. Yeah, don't try throwing it in the air, though. No, aren't those things like 60 or 70 pounds? A little harder than a softball. Yeah, what are those things, uh, what are they weighted? They weigh like 60, 70 pounds, right? They're all yeah, handmade? Yeah, like a medicine ball. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but then the guy, the guy has a little thing, he puts his foot on, he scoots forward, and he, and he aims it forward off. It's like essentially shuffleboard, right? I'm gonna guess the guys who play that are not gonna appreciate that comment. Well, but, but I mean, it is the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> no comment. God. You don't want to do it on the ship. You might put it through the side of the boat. <laughs> All right, David, what's your, what, you're going to be in Friday. I'll be here Friday. What, what, our market going to be up or down between now and Friday. I can't let you off the hook this, this, this easy. Market's up by Friday for, for the week. Really? Straight, what, are, what, are you, what are you thinking on the inflation numbers on Thursday? I think they're Thursday. I'm CPA. CP, is, is CPI Thursday? You're Thursday or Wednesday. It's, it's, I it's think uh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's we, gonna be opposite of what I would probably say. <laughs> well, are they gonna manipulate it or is it, I mean, Let's I come on, are they gonna manipulate yeah. it? You were asking me that? You oh, know how I feel about that. Oh god. <laughs> S&P futures up nine, Nasdaq futures up 43. Kind of an irreverent show today with you two guys, just saying. It's okay. Not, not politically correct. No. Not politically correct. I blame it both wasn't, of you two. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no. There's a comment. It wasn't that bad. Great chemistry, guys. <laughs> on, on that note, why don't you make that? Would you put it on the on the site? Put it. It wasn't that bad. That should be our headline today. <laughs> All right, John. Thanks. We gotta go. Thanks. Right, back tomorrow, stocks and jacks. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727.
DAX research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.